know when you're listening to this information. It might be morning. It might be evening. It might be, uh, I don't know, it might be the middle of the night. I'm Tommy D. Right now it's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this program is what I like to call philanthropy and focus. And my focus is two things, helping nonprofit organizations and their leaders tell their story and wait for it, amplify their message. Look, this is an incredible sector, the nonprofit sector. The folks that lead the sector, the folks that work inside of the sector change our world each and every day. And it's my mission to bring you their stories each and every week. On a Friday morning is when we do this show live, talkradio.nyc. We go on Facebook, which is over there. I looked over there because it's on that screen, uh, talking alternative broadcasting. Each and every week, we're just going to bring you more information about these incredible organizations. We're going to learn about the leader, the leader's background, the organization, the impact that that organization is making. We're going to learn about the programs. Who does the organization serve? And as not, not that it's the most important, but certainly very important for me is how can you help? How can you make the appropriate connections? What are they looking for? I call myself the nonprofit sector connector. And let me tell you how I met today's guest. I run a nonprofit executive leadership roundtable where we bring in a thought leader, my, my uh, collaborator on that, Christine Deska, nonprofit sector strategies. We bring a thought leader in each month. And we used to do this event or this meeting in a room. <laughs> you know, I guess we still do it in a room, but everybody's in their own room. We used to do it in a room. Now it is, uh, it is the 4th of March, 2022, two years into a, uh, we'll still call it a pandemic, right? And uh, when we did it in, in a room on Long Island, when we had those meetings, it was limited who could show up. And when you do it on Zoom, it, it's obviously the limits are down and people from across the country, although, because if not, I don't know that I meet Mariana, who's my guest today, and I don't know that I meet or learn anything about the organization I empathize, which we're going to be talking about today, because uh, somehow, Mariana, just come off mute, say good morning. Let's say good morning to the folks. Um, good morning. How are you? First of all, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, I've got a working from home, of course, so I've got a barking dog, so occasionally I might just uh, turn the volume. I, I'm actually, it's funny you say barking dog. We do another show here on the network. <laughs> My my co-host Valerie Heffron and I do a show called Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We do it on Wednesdays. And the funny thing about it is she is doing whatever she can to have another creature <laughs> move into my house that is not one of my children or my wife. And it could be <laughs> maybe a rabbit, maybe uh maybe a dog. We'll have to see. But right now, uh there's there's a couple of fish still holding on for dear life somewhere in this house in in a tank that my son, you know feeds occasionally. No, I think, <laughs> I think, I think he takes good care of the fish. Um, but you know, that, that dog thing, that being from home thing, you know, it, it's, it's changed our world for sure. Right. It's, it's yes. changed. Uh, for, certainly for me, it's changed my outlook. I'm actually going to be traveling later this month down to, down to Florida, actually a different part of Florida than when you, where you're located. Uh, and, and I haven't done that in a long time. I haven't done any of that stuff. But so there's this whole, you know, there's been a silver lining. You and I don't get to connect. I I, I mean that. I mean, some of your folks and, and you attended one of my roundtables. I don't know if you even remember why or how you got information about the roundtable, but it's just the power of networking, right? Yeah. It was one of my board members um, kind of said, hey, you should, you know, you should check this out. I'm going to, I'm going to be on this and check it out. And it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful to be around so many other nonprofit uh, leaders, sometimes we feel like we're the only ones. <laughs> we're just, you know, so it's good to know that, you know, all the challenges that we we have um, and all of the successes and share those best practices. So it was great, 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 great time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something too. It's funny you say that and I'll give a shout out and I'll put it in the chat. If you're listening or watching on Facebook, uh, the nonprofit resource hub, Mariana, you, you probably want to check out what we're doing with the nonprofit resource hub, which is a whole nother thing we found it. I'll put it in the chat for you, for everybody, but we're doing, and I will not be leading this because I'm not a nonprofit executive director or otherwise, but it's group therapy. And I use the air quotes. If you're not, if you're only listening, I did air quotes. I'm not big on the air quotes, but I did them there because it's group therapy, sort of like a mastermind like conversation to your point earlier of not having like a sounding board as a leader of a nonprofit. It's, it's critical to have people on your team. And, you know, like as a leader, you can't always talk to, you're supposed to, we're supposed to know everything at the top, right? So how can you, how can you ask your team sometimes, right? That 
but having people around you. So I'll, I'll get you some information about that. I will also share that for the folks in the chat. We're going to dive in. I always like to start the conversation like we talked about, Mariana, as talking about your background. So you're the co-director mm-hmm. of operations for I Empathize, and you've been there since January of 2019. But I'm just going to read a couple of things. Before that, you were involved with Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter Work Project, International Justice Mission, which you did work, you were involved with work in Guatemala, South Africa, the Philippines, and, and you were with an NGO, a non-governmental organization, an international nonprofit in, the, in Guatemala. And that's where you witnessed firsthand the effects of child trafficking. So yeah. we're going to talk about trafficking today. You know, I, I made a video coming up to this meeting today in this conversation we're going to have, and I, I, I'm completely... I'm open. I'm vulnerable. I don't understand this. I understand a lot more since you and I spoke on Tuesday than I did on Tuesday morning, to be honest with you. But there is so much here to talk about. I always feel that the leader who comes on my show has a journey to talk about. And they got to where they are because of experiences, whether it be just social services was ingrained in a family unit or whether it was being exposed to different things. So can we start there, Mariana? Lobo Guerrero. Tell me your story. I wanted to say your last name. Lobo Guerrero. Did I do a good job? Very good. Very good. (laughs) Tell us your story, please. Yeah. So um, really, I have always been um, engaged in, you know, wanting to volunteer, wanting to help um, at different times. I I call myself a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Um, I've owned my own uh, business uh, for a period of time, um, but I always seem to gravitate back towards um, the nonprofit sector um, and, and trying to see how we can we can make an impact. Um, and uh, during my, my travel, I, as you mentioned, I was in Guatemala. And um, while I was there for a different reason, um, there were a group of folks that um, work with human trafficking um, victims uh, in the country and they were going on a raid and uh, they kind of said, Hey, do you want to go along? Going and on I, a raid? What, what does that even mean going on a raid? There was a, um, a kind of cafe or bar that was being used as a place to traffic children. Um, and it was a, a travel destination for people from, North America to go and be able to engage in uh, sexual uh, exploitation of children. Um, so um, I kind of just said, "Yeah, I'll go," um, not knowing, you know, what I what I was gonna see or what I was gonna experience. And uh, yeah, we pulled up with some of the local police um, and this organization, and they did a raid, and uh, there was a bus uh, filled with um, businessmen, you know, uh, dressed nicely in their polos and khakis, and about 14 young girls, ages um, from about 10 to 14, um, that were rescued from the back of this, um, this establishment. And I just will never ever be able to get that out of my head uh, that that picture will reside in my head forever uh, the the little girls coming out in tiny little flip-flops and uh child's t-shirts i even get <laughs> emotional now but that just made me say you know we've got it you know i didn't even know this was happening and i'm sure you know many of my friends and family have no idea this is going on um, so I had come back to the States and um, I was really just trying to find an organization to connect with. Um, and uh, I looked at many organizations and I really wanted to make the biggest impact possible. And that is when I met, um, I work with, I'm a film major, so I work uh, with a film festival and I was looking through the films and generally they asked me to take a film that um, I like from the list of films that are coming into town and kind of chaperone that filmmaker around town. And I met the filmmakers to Be Relentless, which is a documentary um, about Norma Bastidas. She is um, a, a athlete 
who did a walk, run, swim from uh, Mexico to Washington, D.C., and she uh, was a human trafficking survivor. And they tell her story through that, that journey. Um, I met the filmmakers, um, who is also, one of them is also the founder of I Empathize. And I just learned about what they did. And I thought, gosh, this is it. This is where I can make an impact. Um, this is, you know, not talking about, it's talking about prevention, which I think is so important. It's, you know, once someone's a victim, um, that, you know, it's, it's, you don't prevent them from the, the trauma, but we are actually making an impact to prevent the issue, which I, I think puts a positive, if you can ever put a positive spin on something, which, you know, is kind of a, a positive message of how we can keep individuals from going into exploitative situations. So that's kind of how I came to, uh, to work with, uh, I empathize first as a volunteer and, and uh, now as a, as an employee. Thank you for that background. And, and I, I gotta be, I'm always completely real with this conversation on this program. And, and today is more serious, I think, than other episodes of this show here. I've struggled with this all week since you and I met. I mean, like, I'm not, not even, this isn't about me. I, I, I'm just saying because I was unaware and now I am aware and that whole change in my own mental state or mindset because of being aware of what goes on. And we're going to share some videos and, you know, some things like that. Um, I, I pulled up st- some statistics and I can grab them too. But I mean, if you, how many people from, from your knowledge, I, again, it, as I was thinking this this morning, there are statistics out there, right? But this is an, again, this is a situation that is underreported, right? So how do we even put a Massively number? under. Right? So like, like I see 20 million to 40 million people are affected by this globally. But how do you even do that? Can you talk about a little bit of statistics, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, let me share this. And this is mind-blowing, is that human trafficking is a... 150 billion, that's with a B, dollar industry. 150 billion billion dollars. Okay. It is um, overtaking drug trafficking um, very quickly. And and that's because a human being can be trafficked again and again and again. It's an asset that continues to provide to the trafficker income. Um, And 50% of trafficking victims are sexually exploited uh, and roughly 40% are exploited for labor. And there are some other small buckets of um, people being exploited for criminal activity, for begging um, and and other things. Mostly we have found that victims continue to be particularly affected, um, but more and more we're seeing male victims and that number trending up as well. Uh, so, so, so the uh, some of the numbers I saw too. And thank you for that, Mariana. Forty point three million victims trapped in modern day slavery. Let that hit you guys for a second. Modern day slavery, human trafficking, and modern slavery. Slavery do not discriminate. They affect men and women, but predominantly seventy one percent of. I think being a father. Right. Being a husband, being a son, this stuff is it, it's mind blowing. And I always, Mariana, to go off script, not that we have a script here, but to go on. <laughs> we talked about that before. There is no script. We're, we're chatting. But I, I sometimes wonder, you know, why were we born in certain parts of the world? Why was I born here where I operate from and only know my lived experience, you know, as a white man, middle class, New York, whatever, right, et cetera, et cetera. And other people are born in such tragic environments. And, I, you know, I'm, we're not going to solve this issue today. And I don't know if there is a solution to me on not understanding why I was born me and someone else was born somebody else. You know, I, and maybe that sounds silly. Maybe people are, are chuckling at me, but I, I don't grasp how that works. The point of what I'm saying is, though, we need to be aware and compassionate for others that are going through things that we have no concept of. Right. Yeah, I, and I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that, um, so, you know, the targets of, of traffickers um, generally are people who are vulnerable, right? 
they have a vulnerability. And that vulnerability could be, um, you know, that they have housing insecurity, financial insecurity. Um, they've been abused in the past sexually or physically. Um, the LGBTQ community has been affected very, uh, very hard. Um, so, you know, the foster care system um, is extremely vulnerable um, because those kids really don't have a strong family bond and they're looking for a family bond in the beginning, they think they've found a, a friend or a, a boyfriend or a partner. Right. Somebody's looking out, right? Somebody's looking out for them right now. I, I finally found the connection yep. I need, which is ultimately all we all want anyway is connection and love. Absolutely. So you don't get it. And then you, again, and we're going to show a video, which tells this story yeah. about a woman. It, again, mind blowing. Look, we, we got to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll share a video. I'm going to share the first video that you and I talked about when we come back from break And then you and I will jump right back into this conversation. But look, folks, we're bringing you information about a $150 billion industry tragically destroying lives of people, lives of families, lives of children. Um, Not a lot of singing and dancing in this episode, guys. This is real stuff. We'll be right back. Mariana, Lobo Guerrero, Tommy D, philanthropy and focus in my attic. Right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join me in the attic. We're back. I shared that screen while we were at break. I'm going to share a quick video now. Mariana Lobo Guerrero is with me today from I Empathize. And we're going to share a quick video that will set the stage about what this organization is doing and what the challenge really is and what we're up against as a world. So I'm going to take it away with the video right now. My name is Elena, and I'm a mom. I want to tell you about youth exploitation. Every day, vulnerable youth are being exploited and trafficked, and every day you intersect with these youth. At your workplace, in your social space, and even in your home and neighborhood. Human trafficking, an extreme form of exploitation, is the second largest criminal industry in the world, with more than 40 million victims. It can be hard to know how to scratch the surface of this issue, but you can make a difference, a powerful difference, right where you are. Introducing the Intersect Response Platform, equipping adults to recognize and respond to exploitation and human trafficking. By signing up on Intersect, you will be shown how to fight youth exploitation within your unique context. 
For example, police officers will be given tools specifically designed for law enforcement. Teachers will be given educational tools designed for middle and high school students. Social workers will be given tools and strategies that they can share with their clients. Parents, first responders, medical workers, hotel workers, faith leaders, all spaces that intersect with youth exploitation. The curriculum includes top-notch short documentaries, training videos, expert interviews, survivor stories, illustrated scenarios, interactive questions, activities, application response plans. Intersect emphasizes a victim-centered, empathetic approach that identifies possible indicators of exploitation, external factors that can make youth more vulnerable, solutions for how to prevent, report, and end exploitation. Top companies and agencies routinely use I Empathize programs to train their staff on youth exploitation. Join Intersect at iEmpathize.org and be equipped to fight human exploitation. That's work you've done, right, Mariana? That's you and your team prepared that video. Yes. Thank you for sharing it with me and, and allowing me to share it with, with our audience. Um, documentaries, training videos, interactive, interactive questions and answers. But I, what I jotted down was uh, empowering, really equipping adults, adults, excuse me. Let's talk about that. I, I mean, we, we sort of said, you know, you weren't even aware of this actually being a thing. I certainly was not aware of this. I've heard, and I, I made a, a video leading up to this show that said, I don't even really know what human trafficking means. Like I've heard the term, I, I, but I didn't even know like what it meant. So can we establish a little bit more of the, of the problem and what people are up against too? Sure. So, um, and that's actually, you know, what, what our work's all about is um, making sure that um, we talk about what, what is human trafficking. There's so many misconceptions, you know, of somebody being um, kidnapped and taken to a destination and, um, and that that's how it happens. And, and in reality, it's just anybody who uh, can be exploited through force, fraud or coercion. Right. So um, it's a promise of something. It's um, a promise of a job, of a, a relationship, of uh, something that you need money. Um, and there is a grooming process. And at some point, that grooming process, you become a victim. Um, and then it's very, very difficult for victims to actually get out of the situation that they're in because they have been Stockholm syndrome. Right. They have been convinced that um, what they've done is irreparable to their families and they can't go back to their families or that um, they have, you know, they deserve this or that, you know, they're just so broken that they don't don't want to or can't go back to their their previous life. Um, So the name our group is called I Empathize, and that's because we operate from the perspective of empathy, you know, how you can look at another person and empathize with them, which means, you know, walking a mile in their shoes, thinking about what, you know, that that could be you. So they, we, we break it down. You know, there's there's sympathy, empathy, and apathy, right? Sympathy, you feel sorry for someone, but you really can't relate to that person. With apathy, you have complete and utter disregard for another person. But with empathy, you can actually feel or try to feel what that person's feeling. So when we develop our training materials, we really use that survivor voice. Um, and uh, I believe um, in the video you're about to see in a little bit, um, we have two survivors, two very, very different stories. Um, one comes from an affluent home, good education, lots of opportunities. Um, um, and she ended up in a, a trafficking situation in Las Vegas. Um, and our other um Our other survivor comes from the foster care system, comes from a troubled background, um, comes from a situation where she was extremely vulnerable as a child. So we really like to do these these documentaries to talk about that that voice, that survivor voice. So thank you. I want to just underscore a couple of things that you pointed out that I think are critical for people to take away and not to get lost these words here. Force, fraud, 
or coercion. You know, uh, and I, and we will get to a video shortly, but you also mentioned it, there's a grooming process. Tragically, what I was thinking of when in the first segment when we were talking earlier is in 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 just being aware of the world personally, children who are or or adults for that matter who are uh, victims of of sexual abuse are 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 targeted by the abuser, right? Like they see, they, they know the angles, right? They know who they're looking for. You know, the, the, maybe it's the child who is not social, is not really connecting with people and has the need for somebody to look out. Same sounds very, and, and maybe, maybe that's obvious. Maybe, yes, that's what, a, that's what an abuser is going to look for. The, the weakest, the, 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 where they have the easiest angle, right? It's, it sounds like it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a very similar situation. I mean, and again, it's, kind of wound into the same thing too, right? Yeah. They market like any business would market their services. Who's going to be, um, who, who's going to be the end user of their service and and how they can get the right people to provide that service to individuals. Um, so it's, it's, they're very savvy. Um, they're, they're, they're not the, what you visualize um, in or see in the movies that it's a pimp with a feather and his hat and, you know, dress real flash. That that's not that's not probably the most accurate depiction. Um, traffickers can be anyone. A trafficker could be your employer. A trafficker could be a family member. A trafficker could be a caregiver. So it really can be, and and sometimes it's another kid who is recruited to traffic kids, as we saw in some of the the things that have happened in the recent news uh, with you know, the Epstein case where, you know, it was young people going out to recruit other young people. Um, so it really can be anyone. So we, we always talk about the trafficker can be anyone because we have this mindset of it being a man and him looking a certain way. And, and that's just not the case. You know, the whole thing you just said about, you know, the, the pimp and that prototypical, I mean, that's like a thing that's become like, like a desirable thing like that's like a like the whole like you know people will dress up as a pimp you know it's that there's movies about there was you know hbo specials about these types of things and i'm trying to think of the right way to say this but it's almost like um glamorized thank you yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's a cool thing right like what like what are we doing here man like what are we doing like that's what we we've glamorized that behavior and I, i i will tell you um I grew up and still enjoy listening to rap and hip hop music. And there's a lot of glamorization of that. I'll call it profession. Like that. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's tragic. It really is a tragic situation. There's something um, I wanted to point out. I was looking through a lot of what, what you had sent me some videos and I saw it was from, um, it was from one of your galas and Holly Preby Sotelo had, had made some comments there and she was, she had been a social worker. Um, I'm sure she's still a social worker. I guess once a social worker, always a social worker, right. But she had made this mention of this, this tragic situation of this young boy that she had in the system that she was working with. She referred to him as as Matthew um, or Matt. And, tragically 25 years later from knowing this six-year-old boy who was in a really tough situation way before and she said the term um human trafficking i believe the term she said only came around in like 2000 so she referred to she had been working with this little boy and his family and, and the father had been abusive and then 25 years later unfortunately she sees those same eyes as a most wanted on television because this young boy became this sweet little boy turned into the perpetrator of, of this stuff. And it, and it's, so it's, so again, it's cyclical. It's, it's, uh, it's in certain communities, right? Not that, not that we're going to say it's not everywhere, but it's in certain communities. And if not the education and, in, and the, you guys use this word intersect a lot with your programming, if that's not there, how do we stop this? Right. Absolutely. And, and I think we, we had a brief talk, Tommy, about, um, you know, a victim when they go in, you know, they're, they might be young, they might be, you know, vulnerable, but the amount of trauma that um, a survivor receives 
from their traffickers, from their situation, makes them become very hard, very untrusting, very um, unable to share their situation. And sometimes there are um, our first responders say, I ask them, do they want help? And they'll say no. And they say, well, you know, how many times can I ask somebody if they want help? And they tell me no. And eventually there's compassion fatigue. You know, you you can't keep, you know, I've had somebody say to me, we can't keep you know, banging our heads against the same wall. Like, and, expecting the guess, like, and they're, they're brainwashed, obviously, right? They, exactly. don't, they don't want to be where they are, but they've been conditioned, right? So we're going to go to a break in a second here, but that, but it's that sort of conditioning and brainwashing mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I saw another video as I was going through all this material that, you know, somebody need, finally the police officers get involved and, and the, the woman got her self-worth back and she goes, I do want out of this. So, mm-hmm. oh my God, such, there's so much here. Uh, what I, and we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to watch another video when we come back that's really going to explain some of the challenging experience and, and tragedies that have gone on with some of the survivors. We'll be right back. This is Philanthropy in Focus. I empathize. Mariana is here. Right back. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Static, join me in the attic. All right, so check it out. Four T's trafficking, the traffickers, the targets, and their tactics. And we're this is the education I empathize does just that education and is equipping adults to protect children, but also equipping adults to protect other adults. Let's be real. When we see this video, you'll see that this is not just something uh, I can't wait to see this be relentless. Uh, I want to watch the film be relentless. Um, not that I necessarily want more of this information, but I need to. I'm, I'm, and you and I talked about this, Mariana, that, that the other day, uh, I have this idea, this concept for something else called Important Conversations with Tommy D. And since that's the name of the show, I guess I have to be on it because my name is in the title. So <laughs> I got to get a little levity. I have to. I, or else you, gotta, you, you and I crying for 60 minutes. I don't know if that was going was gonna to be the most effective way to do this. Uh, but but I, I see an opportunity where we can collaborate on that, you know, this important conversations and, and bring this out again to educate people and and really um, bring these these four T's out to people. But let's just go to, to the one that that I watched the other day with you. And I, I gosh, I'm, I'm a mess already. But let's go to that video. And uh, I feel like we're on like I'm like a talk show host, like, you know, on late, on late night TV. Let's set up the clip. Let's let's set up this. I, I'm just going to play it. 
Uh, I was so taken by this information. Listen, if you're only listening, you're going to get the effect of this too. If you're if you're watching on Facebook, for sure you're going to see it. Uh, but if you're only listening and you want more information about this, you go to iempathize.org and we'll get you all that information. It's already being shared. I see my team, my buddy Mick Collins and, and Ceci on my team are sharing information on Facebook. Yay. Yes, everybody's got us. They got us. They're taking care of it. All right, let's go. As they say in the biz, let's go to the videotape or the video file, I guess, in, in 2020. Too. So we'll, we'll do this. I took my son down to the strip to stay the night in a hotel to be able to go to the pool. I was walking inside and I saw this guy who was walking up and, you know, he's like, hey, how are you? You know, he's like trying to talk to me. So I gave him my number. He asked for it. I ended up meeting with him and we took my son to a park and he was so nice a nice car, was really kind, and his family immediately just like brought me and my son in. And a couple months into this, it was Halloween night, and he said, hey, I have something to tell you. I'm not your boyfriend, and I'm a pimp, and the time that you've been spending with me isn't free. And he pulled out of his back pocket my social security card, my son's social security card. He had a list of the addresses of all my family members. He had pictures of my family members. He knew where my cousins lived, where my brother lived in Idaho, where my parents lived. So these few months that I think I'm in this like wonderful relationship, he's investigating my life to be able to hold it all against me. He told me, I'm going to drop you off at the casino. You're going to wear the dress that I bought you. You're going to go down the escalator. You're going to sit at the bar. And the first person that comes to you, you're going to tell them you want to negotiate the price in the room. If you don't do this, I will kill your family. I'll start with your mom. And then after your mom, I'll kill the one cousin that you were the closest with. And then we'll go to the other side of the family. And he said, with you, I'll just chop you up and put you in an oven. So he does what he says. He drops me off. There's an escalator. Bottom of the escalator, there's a barb. And not even 30 seconds later, middle-aged white guy sits down next to me, leans over and says, hey, do you want to go negotiate a price in the room? And I was like, oh, my God. This is actually happening. So I'm like, start shaking. I'm like sweating. I'm super scared. After that, I was sex trafficked in Las Vegas for two years and ended up doing two years in federal prison for crimes that my trafficker was forcing me to commit. Human trafficking is the exploitation of human beings using force, fraud, or coercion in order to control that person to make money for the traffickers. It's really just the umbrella term that defines different kinds of trafficking. There's sex trafficking, the commercial sexual exploitation where a person forces another person to perform sexual acts for the financial benefits of the traffickers. Labor trafficking, where a person exploits another person through forced labor or forced services. You've got the buyer who says, I'm going to pay for this, it's okay. You've got the trafficker who says, I'm going to make lots of money. And then you've got the victim who's being exploited. And for adults, there has to be the element of force, fraud, or coercion. And anyone under the age of 18 in sex trafficking is considered a victim. It is happening everywhere. Every single state, and even some of our small rural communities within those states, have all had cases of human trafficking. It's a very profitable industry, if you think about it. If if you're selling drugs, you have to keep replenishing your stock. If you're selling human lives, you can use them over and over and over again. I, I, I'm like, I don't know what to say, Mariana. I mean, this is, this is, and I watched that video with you three days ago and uh, and I'm speechless again. Talk to me about the education now. Let's go in and we watched now a couple of videos. Let's talk about the education of us as coming up here this morning. One of my kids said, because they're, they're passionate about what I'm doing with this program. And they said, 
who are you going to have on the show today? What, what's the topic going to be? I don't even know how to take this topic downstairs later on. I don't even know what to do with it. And, and my oldest is 12 and my youngest is, is seven. I don't know how to have this conversation. So if I can't, how does this organization empower others to have this conversation? Yeah. So, so that, that you've just uh, kind of nailed it, right. Is that um, there's always been the sense of how, how do we, you know, approach it? How do we talk about it when we don't even want to talk about it? And so, and, and that's where I, I think our creative team, you know, sat down and, and thought about, you know, how do we do that? And, and the first, you know, positive thing is that if we are able to empower others to identify um, who positive and negative pushes and pulls are in our lives and when somebody is being authentic um, and the questions to ask and the things to look out for, there's a very good chance that we can prevent it from ever happening. Um, it's, but the conversation needs to happen. So one of our training programs, which we're so proud of, is called EYP. And uh, we just recently um, are um, teaching it within the Los Angeles public school system. It's a five-lesson uh, curriculum um, that talks, and it really starts in the very, it talks to kids, and it really starts in the very basic premise of bullying. How can a bully, you know, turn into an exploiter? You know, how does a bully exploit people to get what they want? How does that turn into exploitation? And then how does exploitation turn into the worst type of exploitation, which is trafficking and getting kids to understand who, who are those positive pulls in my life? Who do I go to when I really need help that's going to authentically want to help me, uh, not for their own gain, but because they care about me? Who are those people that care about me? And sadly, you know, we just assume it's a family member and sometimes it's not. Sometimes a family member is a negative push or pull in that, in that child's life. So we, we want to help them kind of identify. And by the end of that class, they're able to sit down and really think about a plan. You know, if I'm in a situation where I need help, who am I going to go to? How am I going to find help? Who, how do I know who to trust? Um, so we know that there are five disguises, um, or we've termed them with all the letter. They all start with the letter P in our minds. And it's the grooming process is pretender, provider, promiser, protector, and punisher. Okay. So somebody one more time for pretender, protect, pretender, provider, promiser, protector, and punisher. Right. So someone will number one, pretend, um, you know, to engage with you such as, yeah, as a boyfriend or big sister or a father figure um, and engage you. Um, and then they will offer to uh, provide something for you, provide for your needs or clothing or a place to live or a cell phone that you need, a purse, whatever that might be. And then they promise to do something for you, you know, and it's usually something large, you know, great things, an amazing job, a glorious lifestyle, travel, money. Um, and then they pretend to be your protector, um, somebody who's going to protect them from, from other people. But in all reality, uh, they're, they're doing that out of control over an individual. And then in the very end, that person becomes a punisher. You know, someone who uses violence or threats to control you. Um, and when everything else has been ex exhausted, um, the exploited person becomes that punisher and they maintain control over you. So we, in our UIP program, we talk up to kids, you know, this is this is these are the things you're looking for. These five disguises. Ask yourself, you know, is this person pretending? Is this person actually providing things? Are they making promises that they don't follow through on? Are they really my protector? Um, and so we're really proud of that. Um, it is um, a wonderful program. It can be taught in a group setting or it can be taught online individually. We're just really excited that um, some uh, to work with the LA school system um, to kind of be the, the very first public school system that's kind of taken this under their wing and, and um, are, are using the program. Um, and when we talk about intersections, uh, what we mean is that 
every, you know, wherever you work, if you work in an office, if you uh, are a firefighter, if you're a police officer, if you're a mental health counselor, if you're a doctor or medical, um, each one of you is going to have a different intersection potentially. If you, if you see a victim, there are different red flags you're going to look for. So, you know, a firefighter is looking for certain red flags. Um, somebody in an office might look for different red flags, somebody in a restaurant. Um, so we have developed classes specific to each type of industry um, that talks about what the red flags are in their industry. So, for example, you have hotels. You have a really intimate opportunity because you are entering uh, hotel rooms to do housekeeping or someone is keeping you from doing house cleaning. Uh, you are able to really see who's coming in and out. Um, so you have a different kind of uh, exposure to the issue than if you're working in an office and somebody comes and, you know, sits in your cubicle. I want to um, jump in for one quick sec, Mariana, because we're going to go to break in a second, but I want to, yeah. how did, when we come back, I really want to talk about how, if I own a, a, a hotel chain or like, what is the best way to engage with the organization? I also want, when we, so when we come back, I want to talk about that, <laughs> how these organizations can connect with you, Right. Um, and then the other part is the schools. Like I, I, this is, you know, we're talking about anti-bullying, right, as a thing. And and I'm I just recently connected with somebody who'll come on the show soon from the. Um, uh, his name is Joe, and the organization is Long Island. I'm gonna I might I might mess up the name, but let's say the Long Island Coalition Against Bullying. But this stuff is complementary. This is yin and yang type stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I, when we come back, I want to talk about how businesses can get involved. And then on the school side, what do we need there? And then the future of the organization, how we can help. Does that sound good? Wonderful. All right, cool. We'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus in the Attic. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. We're back, philanthropy and focus, and uh, we are focused on this conversation about human trafficking today. I'm sharing the website. Mariana Lobo Guerrero and I are having this this very very important conversation, but I'm still sharing the website. You'll see us again in a second. But I'm I'm on this page here under courses, youth courses, adult training courses. My conversation, Mariana, right before the break was, and this is all at iempathize.org, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mick Collins graciously shared the website on Facebook, but if you're not on Facebook watching, it's i, the letter i, empathize.org. What we're going to talk about is the courses and what's available. Mariana, what I want to understand is like, if I own a business and I want to bring this and implement this and to educate my employees, whether it be a hotel, for instance, and we're looking out for our guests as well as our staff, uh, or it's, it's a business where we might not have 
interaction with our clients like that. And we're really looking out for our staffers to look for the signs. Is this an easy lift for the organization or do I have to engage with your team and have somebody come on site or can we just plug into the coursework and same with schools? Can the, you know, like not to minimize the importance here, the thing is though, it's a bandwidth and capacity issue in a lot of ways and how much can we take on? So can you talk about that experience, what that looks like? Sure. And that, and, and that is, was really key when we were developing the training for us to find a way to do a plug and play for, for anyone who wanted to go through the training, um, you know, be able to have something where you can, if you would like, and, and sometimes we prefer, you know, that, that there's conversation in a group because that, that usually makes um, for much better um, information uh, when people can share experiences that they've had on the job and maybe things that they've seen. But if not the very basic, the, you know, four T's on human trafficking, just on identifying and responding, or really going more in depth in, in your own um, your own industry and uh, doing a course specifically towards you know whether you're a first responder or whether you are a hotel um, or casino and some of the partnerships we have um, take different uh, take different uh, forms. So, for example, we work with a group called Grace Hill who does um, all of the training for the multifamily sector across uh, the country. Uh, We worked together to produce something that they could carry on their learning platform. And to date, they have trained over 50,000 multifamily sector executives um, from managers to um, their core workers um, to uh, their C-suite people. Um, We have uh, training them to look out, training them to be the eyes, training them to be the advocate, right? To see the signs, to look, right? Okay. Specific to what they do. So how, how, you know, in your context, how are you, what are your flags, red flags look like? Um, We have also had over 1 million truck drivers in the trucking industry go through our training. 1 million. 1 million. Why truck drivers? Truck drivers really, um, that was, they're the eyes and ears of the road. So they are stopping at the truck stops, which are um, uh, kind of hot spots uh, for trafficking, for transporting people for, um, for illicit activity sometimes. But they're also just, you know, moving from place to place. And so they're in a perfect position to, to really be able to look and, and identify potential victims. Um, we also have a partnership now with the Wynn Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Um, we have developed a training um, that is specifically was specifically developed for their employees. Um, and again, they're in a, in a unique position to be able to identify and, and respond. Um, and we were just we were so happy that um, they are kind of taking this, you know, very proactive step. Um, and, and really, as a company standing, you know, standing behind, uh, wanting to do something to prevent it. Um, and so, you know, we're a nonprofit, of course. So our our training is free to anyone who, who to use. Um, however, of course, you know, we really this. There are six of us within the organization, so we have a very <laughs> We have busy, busy jobs. Um, a, mighty, a mighty team, right? This is nonprofit. Yeah. This is what we're used to, you know. Yep. <laughs> we do. We do a lot. We wear a lot of hats. Um, but you know, sponsors are always great. As you saw in that um, intersect response platform video at the end, you have those sponsorship logos. Um, we have some key sponsors that you know sponsor different curriculums, um, different uh, trainings for us. Um, and we use those logos to promote those organizations as much as we can. So if you're an organization that is in a situation where you are able to sponsor a training uh, within your industry sector, we would love, love, love that, of course. Um, if you're an organization that wants um, some specific training uh, provided to your, for your group or your employees, um, we can certainly talk about customizing training for you. Um, if you would just like to make a donation to support our work, that also uh, is <laughs> much welcomed by us. Um, but basically, it's just contacting us, going on the website, you know, showing some interest in getting some training started, providing just your information. 
Um, typically, it sends an email to one of our team members that says you're interested in training. We'll walk you through the process of getting registered. We'll recommend what the right training for your sector might be. Um, and it's just as simple as that. It's as simple as getting registered. You're, you will get a code so that your employees can sign in um, and, uh, and you know, do any kind of training online. So it's re- really so many ways to, to get involved. It's just getting involved. You know, and, and isn't that the whole thing? Isn't it all about getting involved? I, I you know, we we connected. Uh, look, no accidents. I believe we connected because the universe. Somebody might say, "God, I believe in the universe and this whole connection thing." Right? So that's my world. Uh, that's how you and I got connected, right? Some mm-hmm. some reason, and it's been months. It's been a year probably since we've spoken, and it took yeah. some time getting this all going. But now we are connected, and I know for sure. I committed here on the show and with you the other day. We're going to do some more stuff together. We're going to do another conversation. We're going to make an impact. I'd love for you. I'd encourage you to plug into my network and the people I know even more so. Um, and if you're listening to this somewhere, you go to iempathize.org. Uh, if for some reason you can't find that, which wouldn't make a lot of sense, but let's just say you couldn't find the website that I just said, reach out to me, Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com and focus is P-H-O-C-U-S. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram, TommyD.NYC. Uh, I do want to make a couple of comments. And Marianne, I want to tell you about this, but the New York City Imagine Awards, because I'm sure you're impacting some folks up here in New York. The Imagine Awards applications are available right now. Go to NYCImagineAwards.com. Marianna, I can't thank you enough. I will try. Thank you for being here. I appreciate thank you. you. You're welcome. Um, just, I'm thrilled that you were here. I'm thrilled that we got to get this information out. And I look forward to further collaboration. I will leave you guys uh, with just a quick note that next week on the show, Maria Alvarez, the executive director of the New York State Senior Action Council, will be here. We know baby boomers, right? They're seniors now. You know, there's a lot of folks in that community. And, uh, you know, I keep hearing I came from a meeting before this, the Health and Business Alliance. People are living into their mid-90s, the sandwich generation we hear a lot about. So let's talk to Maria next week about that. Mariana, have a great weekend. Make it a great day. I appreciate you. I know we're going to talk again soon. Everybody else, take care. Sam Liebowitz, executive producer, thank you for doing a great job executive producing. I'll see everybody later on. Make it a great day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Okay. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.